This is episode 221 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we are going to reveal the number one nutrition trend of 2020. And we're going to dive into it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And most important, what you need to watch for. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method, and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food, it's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters, your host here, Stephanie Dodier, and you are listening to the first episode of 2020. Welcome to the new decade. And if you're listening live, you just celebrated the new year. And I have a question for you. How will your 2020 be different from 2019? Now, for those of you that are my students, you have hopefully finished your goal setting exercise by now. And we have a very unique way of setting our goals as a community. We don't focus on things. We focus on feelings, right? Because this is what intuitive eating, healing your body image is all about, is coming back to yourself, right? Coming back to your power, coming back to you feeling your life instead of being your life, And I'm loving, especially in in the new group that we have, the Undiet 2020 group, when this is all new to people and they're like, oh my God, I never thought of this before. And they're seeing the power of connecting to our feelings and how it can be transformative. It's um, really a special feeling as a teacher to see that happen. But that to say, I would like to share my goals for 2020 um, to give you a flavor of this if you're not yet one of our students, but my feelings, my goals, feelings for 2020 are three feelings, alignment, reverence, and gentleness. Let me give you a little tidbits of what it means for me. Uh, I want to feel aligned. I want to feel aligned in my four bodies, my physical body, mental body, emotional body, and my spiritual body. I want to take my belief in spirituality and really transfer it to my day-to-day life. I want to feel complete alignment. My second feeling is reverence, and I want to feel that I'm revering my body, Like the thing that my body has done for me in the last 44 years is amazing. I want to feel through my action every day that I'm revering my body. And I want to revere my students, my clients, and the courage that they have every day when they show up to do their work. And my last feeling is gentleness. And this is a journey for me, you know, I am a type A strong-willed woman with a history of not feeling my own power, of not being in my power. So I always, I am tough with myself and I'm setting big, gigantic goals and long to-do lists. And I've like seriously improved (laughs) over the last nine years like crazy, but I still have opportunity. So I want to be gentle with myself. I want to be gentle with myself in my personal life. And I want to be gentle with myself in my business. Less is more. 
So these are my three feeling. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you haven't, if you are one of our students and you haven't yet posted your goals in your group, please do so. And if even if you're not one of our students, message me and let me know what are your goals feeling for 2020. Now, alongside to starting a new year, there's always the trend of the year, right? And I want to spend the rest of the podcast talking specifically about that because our little world here of going beyond the food is going to explode in 2020 because the anti-diet world is becoming a buzzword for a multitude of reasons. Various marketing entities have declared that the number one nutrition trend of 2020 will be intuitive eating and that a social trend will be the anti-diet world. This is just the beginning of what I know is going to happen over the next five years, but it's going to hit the public heavily in the next few weeks, in the next few months. And it's going to start the year with a brand new book that's going to be, well, that is published by now, right? By the time this podcast hits you, the anti-diet book by Christy Harrison is on the market. I have no idea what the reception of the market will be. I anticipate a lot of buzz, but we'll see when we get there. Remember that I'm recording this way ahead of time. Today is December 17th. So I could be totally wrong. I could be like not even understanding how big this is going to be. We'll see when we get there. But by the way, Christy's going to be on the podcast. I've managed to nail an interview with her. I'm going to be recording on January the 8th and I'm going to publish it on January the 15th, which will mean podcast 223. So you should have bought her book. I highly recommend it. Again, haven't read it, but I, I everything that she does is amazing. So I highly recommend that you go check out her book. But that is just one marker of how anti-diet and intuitive eating will become a trend. Um, I've also been asked to speak on a panel of anti-diet experts. And that's coming as well. That was pulled together at the last minute at the beginning of December. They seek the top 12 anti-diet experts in the world, international or English speaking at least, and I was uh, one of them. So you'll hear me speak at this conference um, and it starts January the 9th and it ends on the 14th. It's a virtual conference. Everything that I do is mainly virtual. And the title of it is, it's not about the food. Discover what you're actually hungry for. And you can register for this. It is a free conference. You have to watch the interview in the first 24 hours. After that, you'll have to pay if you want to buy the recording. But at first hand, it's free for everyone. You can use the link I'm going to give you right now, stephaniedodzie.com slash hungry. And then you'll be able to register. And I would appreciate if you register using my link because that tells the conference organizer how many people in my community want this type of material. And the link will be in the show notes as well. So all that to say that Intuitive eating and anti-diet will be a huge trend in 2020. Multiple organizations are putting that forward um, as being something to watch for this year in the upcoming year. But with all that beautiful commercial awareness comes also risk and danger. And that's what I want to spend the rest of the podcast 
talking about is what does it mean for us as a community and what you need to watch for as this trend becomes popular. The good news, let's start with that, right? Because we're positive. The good news about intuitive eating being declared the number one nutrition trend of 2020 is awareness. It's going to bring awareness to what we know to be the truth and what we know to be the agent of liberation for women, gaining back our power, taking back our power from diet culture. It will mean more confident women, just like you, but multiply by thousands and perhaps even hundreds of thousands of women who know their true power and are confident to go out in the world and do what they want to do. It will impact our daughters, right? With years of this message being disseminated, it will mean different information being educated upon our daughters. It means us having a more open conversation with the next generation. Now for that, it will require you, mom, to do her own work. It will require your mom, the grandma, to do her own work because we, the 25 plus years old, have been the generations that have been severely impacted by diet culture. And there is scars that we wear every day that needs to be healed and repaired. And that's why... Most of you have taken the journey of learning intuitive eating so you can repair that relationship to food and to your body as well. And if you're a mom, by repairing your own, right, you will pass that on to your daughter. So intuitive eating being the number one nutrition trend means that work being done by more and more women and more readily available information and hopefully in five years from now, different level of conversation in our doctor's office, in the marketing material, in magazine, in TV interviews, and diversity in the body image out into the world. That's all the good stuff of this um, number one trend being intuitive eating for 2020. Now the risk or the danger or the bad will be the co-opting of diet culture in intuitive eating, and into the anti-diet word as well. I've already started to see it, like when December, so we're hit extremely heavily by marketing of diet culture, and I'm seeing me being targeted for ads with intuitive eating for weight loss. Get rid of the diet and lose 10 pounds. And I'm seeing the books, right? Not just marketing on social media, but the books coming out, right? No diet weight loss plan. Never diet again and be at your ideal weight while restricting X, Y, and Z food, right? So you have to develop an eye for this because there will be co-opting happening. There will be people out there say you can eat intuitively and lose 20 pounds. You will have to develop an eye and a sharp high for that. There will also be the wellness culture or what we call wellness diet co-opting by meaning 
they will say food freedom without anti-inflammatory food. They will not claim weight loss on the cover of the book, on the program, but they will say somewhere, become healthy and release the unhealthy weight. I'm going to talk about that in just a bit here, the difference between diet culture and wellness um, diet, but that will be the type of co-opting. Anything that will be pushed to us that has a link to the ability of losing weight is not anti-diet and is not intuitive eating. It's going to be our job to educate ourselves so we can detect that. The ugly and something that will certainly happen is the appropriation of the weight loss industry of the word intuitive eating to make money. So I can guarantee you that there will be more program like nationally branded program. Weight Watcher did that in 2019. They rebranded themselves to remove weight loss and to make it about wellness. There will be more companies like that big national chain capitalist industry coming to the world of intuitive eating and literally brainwashing the average population of what their perception of intuitive eating is, not really educating them about the fact that intuitive eating is not a weight loss, that we don't have to lose weight and we don't have to be in the tenor body. All the rest of the message behind intuitive eating and the anti-diet will not make it on those large platforms. So the groundwork that I always preach about, about us sharing with other women in our life will still need to be present because I can guarantee you there will be one of your girlfriend, one of your cousin that's going to come to you in six months from now and say, Hey, I heard about that thing you're doing called intuitive eating. Look at this. And I'm going to lose 25 pounds doing this. I can guarantee you that's going to happen. So you're going to have to be educated to know how to answer that. So that's my good, bad, and ugly. What can we do? That's the biggest question, right? We're always here focused on taking responsibility for ourselves and taking responsibility for our life. So what can we do? The number one step is education. Education for yourself first, not being concerned about educating the world and becoming an activist. That is not your work, at least at this point. Your work is to educate yourself. Educate yourself to what diet culture truly means. Now, the best definition of diet culture that I've ever read was from Christy Arison, right? For those who don't know, she's the uh, host of the Food Psych podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping eating disorder patient. And the lady that's going to be on my podcast in a couple of weeks from now that wrote the book Anti-Diet. And I'm going to quickly read her definition of diet culture because I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. She has the best definition out there. So diet culture is a system of beliefs that worship tinness and equates tinness to health and moral virtue. It's now prevalent in our society and oppresses women all over the world. So diet culture is not being on a diet, right? Diet culture is an entire system of belief that's part of society. 
Diet culture impacts your life in many ways. Diet culture will say that you need to spend your entire life thinking that you're broken just because you don't fit the body ideal. You are not thin. The second angle is it promote weight loss as a mean of attaining this higher status. It means that the harder you work at losing weight, even though you don't fit the mold, the more acceptable you are to society. And it's absolutely normal, according to diet culture, to spend massive amount of time, energy, and resources trying to shrink our body so we can fit this ideal. According to diet culture, it's totally normal that the vast majority of your thought as a woman are consumed with food and body and beauty. The next angle of diet culture is that demonize certain ways of eating and elevate others. Meaning that it doesn't recognize that we have individual need, individual taste. It says, this is the way to eat. Currently, 2020, over the last five years, it's been keto. And the five years prior to that, it was paleo, right? So you had to eat paleo or keto to be cool, to be showing the world that you are actively working and fitting the mold. That is diet culture. And the last angle and the more dangerous one of diet culture is that it oppresses people who don't match the desired picture of health or thinness. So if you don't match, if you're not thin or you're not working extremely hard to get thin, you don't match that white tin ideal, you are less than. And this is what creates diet brain. It's what creates our deep lack of self-worth. And that's the most dangerous aspect of, of diet culture because what happens in our mind drives everything in our body. The other angle you need to get educated on that is coming up very quickly is wellness culture. And wellness culture is the upgraded version of diet culture. Weight loss industry and the fitness industry is seeing that the younger generation isn't into dieting. Like if you look at the girls, boys and girls below the age of 25, they're into the world of acceptance, right? Sexual orientation acceptance, skin color acceptance, body acceptance, all form of acceptance. So they don't buy into this weight loss, needing to be thin and looking a certain weight as much as we are in the quote older generation. So they have started over the last five years to adopt the wellness angle. And the primary example of that I mentioned earlier is Weight Watcher, right? It's not called wellness that works. However, the foundation of that wellness culture are the same as diet culture. So the obsession of diet culture is all about being optimally healthy. So instead of chasing a body shape or size, you're chasing optimum health. And if you're not healthy, it's your own personal fault. You haven't worked hard enough. And if you're not healthy and you're not working extremely hard to become healthier, there's a problem with you. And that comes into the form of expression of detoxes, cleanses, 
protocol, supplements, sauna, purges, and I can keep on like any type of cleanses. Instead of being called diet, they're all those things. And the goal of them is to be optimally healthy because you are entirely responsible for your health and your health means your worth. And it drives a whole bunch of product behind this, right? There's the world of books and cleanses and supplements and spas and all of this stuff. Think about this for a minute. It's exactly like diet culture. It's no different. It still leads you to think that something is wrong with you, that you need to fix yourself. And if you don't work extremely hard at fixing yourself and being optimally healthy, you are less than. So you have to be aware of those two variations. My prediction is that diet culture and the whole concept of weight loss and losing weight at all costs will start dying down as intuitive eating and anti-diet comes up. And instead of accepting the decline in sales, those corporations are going to twist it around to be all about wellness culture. So that's step one, education. Step two, you're going to have to be personally diligent and become highly aware of the marketing technique that the diet culture industries will deploy as intuitive eating and anti-diet comes up. There will be all kinds of ploys and ways in which they're going to try to put diet culture and wellness culture in disguise. So I thought I would give you here the 10 question to ask yourself to determine if this health message that you're reading, seeing, or being exposed to is actually diet culture in disguise. I have put those questions in the show notes so you can go and get them from there. And I didn't create that. I want to give Sarah Upson, the author of those 10 questions, complete credit for the work that she's done to come up with those questions. So here's the 10 question to ask yourself to know if it's diet culture in disguise. Number one, is it focused on weight loss, body shape, or size? Question two, is it restrictive? Are there any food, beverage that are not allowed to eat or drink? Three, does it encourage ignoring hunger? Question four, do you have to eat at certain time? Question five, does it label foods in any way? Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, clean, pure, etc. Question six, does it have a start and an end date or a certain length of time to this program? Question seven, does it encourage cheat days, off days, good days and bad days. Question eight, can you blow it? Does it make you feel guilty or ashamed for not following the program, for blowing it? Question nine, are there any 
before and after picture involve? And question 10, does it make you think about food more than before? These are the filter that I would highly recommend you put the health and wellness messages that is going to be coming to you this year and over the next five to 10 years through for you to determine if it is in fact diet culture or wellness diet. Now, special note, because approximately 40 to 50% of our audience are professional. So if you are a health professional and you're recognizing that some of your programs, some of your marketing have these types of messages in it, don't panic, take a deep breath and start educating yourself as a professional. First, doing your own journey of healing your own relationship to food and body. From that place, then you can start fixing, quote, repairing the teaching you're giving to the world. If you need some help with that, we do have a segment of our world that's dedicated to professional. You can go to the link in the show notes or you can go to stephaniedoda.com slash pro. And then from there, you can enter the world of professional that want to go beyond the food. So let me recap. Step one, educate yourself to what exactly is diet culture and wellness culture. Two, be diligent, become aware of marketing and put it through a filter that I taught you, those 10 questions. And the last step is recognize that it's normal for you to want to lose weight. It's normal for you to want to buy in at first. It's normal for you to see this and say, I wonder if I could be an intuitive eater and still chase intentional weight loss. Recognize that those thoughts are normal. You and I have been programmed for a very long time, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years to think that diet culture was good and okay and what you should strive for. This neural pathway in your brain will keep firing for months and years. I have been in this world for approximately five years now, and I still have the neural pathways that fire. Granted, not nearly as often as the first year, but they still do. But here's the thing. I am not judging those thoughts. And that would be my recommendation to you. Stop judging yourself for having those thoughts. Sit with these thoughts, right? Recognize where they come from and sit with the discomfort of not acting on them. And I guarantee you that probably half of you right now on January 2nd are having the thoughts that perhaps you should go on a diet one last time. It's okay to have those thoughts. You don't have to act upon them. What you have to develop is the ability to sit with these desires without actually taking action. Be compassionate with yourself. Give yourself time to process, to heal, to learn differently, and to act differently. And the last step, exercise your power of choice. It's as simple as that. You have the choice 
to say no to diet culture and you also have the choice to say yes. You are a liberated, empowered woman who lives in 2020 and you have the power to choose. And no matter what choice you do, you are not going to be judged, at least by our world or by me. You're doing that choice from a place of education, from fully being empowered, then go for it. Understanding both sides and the consequence of both sides, then from there, you go, sister, you make your own choice. So that was the good, the bad, and the ugly of intuitive eating being named the number one nutrition trend of 2020, an anti-diet movement arising very quickly. So I want you to come back absolutely for the next show when I'm going to talk about when intuitive eating isn't working. I'm not going to say any more of this. I'm just going to tease you to say that. That's podcast 222. And podcast 223 will be the interview from or with Christy Arison. I love you, sister. Happy New Year. And I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode.